Tons of takeaways from week 11 NFL Sunday. Broncos, are they in this thing? DeVito, three touchdowns, Bills and Jags bounce backs, Purdy is perfect, and the Chargers down bad, and a whole lot more coming at you right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, we love all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's start, Matt, in Los Angeles, a couple teams down there in L.A., uh, but Chargers, and this game was not played in Los Angeles. This game was played in Green Bay. That can be a tough place to play at times. And rarely, Matt, is there a game where uh, receivers are complaining that the sun is in their rise playing in Green Bay, Wisconsin. (laughs) uh, One of the drops, at least for Keenan Allen, in the end zone, and he still had a good game in this one, Keenan Allen did, but a couple of key drops. One, uh, you know, hit him right in the chest, a touchdown pass from from Justin Herbert, and it just seemed like at every turn, the uh, Chargers are railroading themselves, not only in this game against the Packers that they lost 23-20, to but really every game this season, or at least in their six losses, the Chargers fall to 4-6, and six, Matt. The Packers improve to 4-6 and six now, but Justin Herbert, like, I don't know what else the guy can do. He's being let down. You're not going to get rid of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, who fought, fumbles inside the 10-yard line, but through no fault of Justin Herbert's, the, the the Chargers now are four and six. They're the 14 seed in the AFC and last in the West right now, Matt. Yeah, one of my least favorite narratives around the league is Herbert's a choker. He can't win the big one. He falls apart when it matters most. No, he doesn't. He's great. It just he's not the problem at all. 30 teams in the league, 28 teams in the league would do somersaults to get this guy. He's phenomenal. I thought this was a very equally played game. And if I'm the Packers, I'm more and more encouraged. I want to have some quarterback talk tomorrow, but I think Love has put two good games in a row together and moving the team together. And the the young guys on this offense are starting to come around. And it's not all Aaron Jones who got hurt. You only got 14 rushing yards out of him. Like when I previewed, you know, Steelers Packers two weeks ago, I'm like, man, everything should go through Aaron Jones. Well, they don't need that anymore. They're starting to do a lot better. And you can look at the flip and say both these defenses leave a lot to be desired. You know, Bosa got hurt early in this game, and there's a lot of high-quality brand-name dudes on the defensive sides of the ball that aren't great. But there wasn't a barn burner of, of, of points scored here. And, of course, everyone's going to talk about Staley's future with the Chargers, which I totally get. Right. Uh, and as we do here uh, on Monday mornings and uh, double check right before we go live with our podcast, just to make sure. And that was one of the things like, did Brandon Staley get fired? And so yeah. I go to Twitter and what is trending? Hashtag fire Staley. So uh, that's what's happening right now. Um, you know, Justin Herbert's are leading rusher as well in that game. There, there's a lot bad. It's, it's hard to blame one person, but 
at this point, it, it feels difficult for Brandon Staley to get out of this season with a job. And, you know, even his postgame pressers, he's feeling the heat. And so we'll check in on that again in another 24 hours. And I want to talk a lot about, um, you know, the coaches and, and the the flip side, some mm-hmm. coaches that not only are, aren't going to be fired, but coach of the year candidates as well. So there's some really good stories around the league. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Love. You know, he's kind of been that guy that, you know, flamethrower. He's the, you know, the the kid that comes out of uh, college or, or high school and gets drafted in Major League Baseball and only has a fastball is trying to find his changeup, you know. So you do see some touch that's being developed by Jordan Love. Is is he the guy? Has he shown enough this year for the Packers? I don't know, but it was promising in this one. 322 yards passing and a couple touchdowns in that win, comeback win for the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Moving along to... Uh, what's next on the docket? Uh, there's a lot of different directions we can go. I, look, I, I cover the San Francisco 49ers. I did a whole podcast. Let's go about there. There's already but Brock Purdy is when the 49ers are on Brock Purdy has played nearly perfect ball this season. I mean, you know, talking about him in the MVP conversation, that's how good he's played. Literal mm-hmm. perfect passer rating in this one as the 49ers uh, do a number on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And speaking about a team that you know, can't really figure out where they're at now with the Bucks because they're still in this thing. And even though they're four and six, and we're talking about you know firing everybody and restarting for the Chargers who are four and six as well. So that's the difference between being in the AFC West and the NFC South. But from a 49ers perspective, just rolling after that three game losing streak, they had a bye. They come out, they dominate the Jaguars. They, you know, this game was never really threatening uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Brock Purdy, 333 yards, three touchdowns, perfect passer rating, 158.3. Uh, the defense playing uh, pretty tremendous. You know, the, the real, only negative out of this game is Talanoa Hufanga looking like, uh, you know, we'll see what the MRIs say later Monday, but Talanoa Hufanga looks like he's lost for the season with a torn ACL for the 49ers. But everything else is just, uh, you know, going really well for this team. And, and when they're on, they look like one of the best teams in the league. And, and Brock Purdy is just a, uh, he's just really good. I, I, yeah, I he is. Where he ranks, he's just really good. I, I'm a believer, and boy, I was very skeptical about them, to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't hide that on here. Real quick on the Bucks, they feel like they're spinning their wheels, but we kind of expected this season to be one of those, you know, rebuild, take a step back, and, and that's exactly what they look like. Um, I'm with you on Purdy. The two things I want to throw out, though, and this is very subject to change considering the two teams playing tonight. But right this second, you know, before kickoff on Monday, I think your Niners are the best team in the league. And I think the only defense I would put ahead of them is the Browns, who my Steelers just played, and they are awesome on the on the defensive side of the ball. So I think they're a top two defense, maybe a top three or four offense. And I just wanted to throw out Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's a top 10 receiver. Is he? I mean, he's is he like in the A.J. Brown class of wide receivers right now? I kind of think he is. Uh, it, this might be a little bit too long of a conversation. And yeah, maybe tomorrow. We'll talk about it. And, and Brandon Ayuk is really good. He's, you know, at the top of the league in separation metrics. And, uh, you know, he's not the number one target for the 49ers, but he's kind of the number one receiver because he's the most, and I don't have a good term for it. I just call him the the most receivery receiver on the 49ers yeah, yeah. because he's different. And, um, but but teams don't focus on him because they can't. So it does make his job a little bit easier. It's almost like the Purdy debate. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. he's really good, but there's so much else. It's just there's just a combination of so much good happening on offense that it's it's hard to put it all in one and figure out exactly in isolation how good these players would be elsewhere. Uh, he's going to make a lot of money. He's a really good player. 
the 49ers keep having guys have career years right before they get paid. And so now they've got another one in IU because they had, you know, last year was Bosa's deep defensive player of the year. The year before that, Debo goes off and is doing the wide back stuff. And and he was phenomenal in 2021. So they've got to figure out they got some expensive guys and, and they've got to figure that out. So does he end up being the number one somewhere else instead of playing sort of a second fiddle to everyone in the 49ers offense? That's uh it's gonna be an interesting one. And I'll be fascinated to see what that looks like if he is isolated and it's a team pays him 25 mil a year and expects him to be a true wide receiver one. Cause he might do that. He might be that guy. I think but he it's is hard to know if he is or not just because of it does make his life easier being in this offense. Good point. Good point. Next, Matt, we got to talk Denver Broncos. They're back to 500 mm-hmm. right now. Some winning ways. And I mean, we got to go to New York and talk about DeVito and then the, the, the team they played in Washington as well. So much more to get to from our, Takeaways from Week 11 NFL Sunday next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, which is always nice. Uh, you know, look, we're already, everyone's already on LinkedIn. So why not go there when you're hiring to find the best candidates? Because all you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile for your business and it spreads the word that you're hiring. And then utilize simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. Then you quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering those candidates. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Moving along here to the Denver Broncos. Uh, this is an interesting story. The, this team was the worst team in the NFL for the first, what, five, six weeks of the season, first month and a oh, half. Yeah. They are now five and five, Matt. They beat narrowly hung on to beat Joshua Dobbs. It's just a good story right now with the Vikings. Uh, I think Rich Eisen used the nickname the Pastronaut for Joshua Dodd. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of a stretch, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're doing big things. Vikings are now 6-5. and five. They're in the thick of it in the NFC. And the Broncos, no longer in the cellar uh, of the conference or the division, 5-5 five and five Denver Broncos winning 21-20. to 20. Are the Broncos suddenly in this thing, Matt? Maybe. I mean, considering the state of the Chargers, Steelers, Colts, Bengals, you know, I mean, I I think that they might sneak into this thing. I mean, they're five and five. I tend to think that they're, you know, probably dug too big a hole to begin with. But I think it's pretty clear that they're getting their money out of Sean Payton. And he's turned Russell Wilson back into a above average starting quarterback, I'd say it's safe to say. And I'm sure most, almost everyone probably watched this, you know, but this was to me, two well-coached teams and Hey, I'm rooting for Josh Dobbs a ton, but you can't fumble three times. I mean, this guy's been a fumbler every step because no one likes to talk about that, but he is Andy threw a pick and three Oh, and the turnover differential isn't going to cut it here. And Denver's formula has been a lot of Javante Williams run the ball. They only ran for 46 yards. You know I mean? It, it wasn't a dominant offensive performance. Right. And and so when you when you go from Kirk Cousins to Joshua Dobbs, then your margin for error is much slimmer and, yeah. and turnovers are going to be a killer. And, and so, you know, in the end, it, it's a fun story for Dobbs and, you know, definitely rooting for the guy. 
but it's you know in the end it's going to probably go the way we thought when Kirk Cousins went down for the Vikings but they're still in it six and five and, and the NFC is a place where you can make the uh make the playoffs and uh, and be competitive there so yeah. we'll see how that goes but the Broncos are the more interesting story because I left them for dead they were they were the we we did a power ranking for who's going to get the NFL the who's going to earn the top pick in the NFL draft and we both had the Broncos at 32 like they were they were that team they're five and five right now this is pretty unbelievable what they're doing and it is you mentioned how maybe even Russell Wilson playing league average just the fact that he looks like a starting quarterback now it's been a, a you know a while since we've seen that from Russell Wilson so yeah Sean Payton might actually know how to coach a little bit took him a little time to get things going in the right direction you look at the Broncos offense too and the old coaching staff and and then you see what's going on with the bills and jets game and the bills dominated the jets. And we had a feeling this was going to be a, a bounce back game for the Buffalo bills. And it was winning 32 to six, but the jets offense is just a disaster after the game. Robert Sala said, there's going to be changes and you got to change quarterback. You got to change and look, and that's where the offensive coordinator came. He was the coach of the Broncos last year. We saw how that was a disaster as well. So I don't know if you put it all in the quarterback, but you know, just a, it's rough for the Jets, and, and they're at four and six, and they feel like they're in a similar spot. Uh, even if the you know, even with the the defense playing most of the season, how well it's played, uh, they're they're not getting what they need on offense, and just a frustrating season for the New York Jets with so much hope and promise with the Aaron Rodgers coming in this offseason. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of lump a couple teams together because I thought this honor clearly belonged to the Giants before yesterday, but the Jets might be the hardest offense to watch in the league. I mean. They just don't threaten you at all. They don't block well. The quarterback plays bad. Tim Boyle's out there for half the game, too, in this one. Yuck. And so good for the Giants. They looked a little better. Jets look like they're going nowhere quick. But you mentioned at the start of the show, too. I mean, Buffalo and the Jags have had some rocky moments, and the Bills now have an uphill climb, considering they got the Eagles by the Chiefs the next three weeks. But I think the Bills and Jags are – high quality teams with big time quarterbacks and your the Jags just kind of ran into your Niners last week and the Bills have had their stumbles but they can still win the Super Bowl like they're this is a really good team the, the Jets would kill for Tommy DeVito's 246 oh. yards passing and three touchdowns for the Giants this it's week the Giants yeah. beat the the Washington Commanders you talked about how bad that offense looked i mean the Jets would kill for some of that production 31-19 win for the Giants against mm-hmm. Washington Sam Howell did not have his best game after we've been leap, heaping some praise on him three interceptions in this one um uh, is this a coaching thing with DeVito and the Giants, is that the big difference we're seeing on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, or, you know, is, is DeVito potentially even for real? Like, at least for like a long-term backup style of player, because there was a time a couple of weeks ago when he had negative passing yards. And and now he's throwing three touchdowns in a winning effort for the New York Giants just a couple of weeks later. Yeah, and we know how this league works, is if you can put a couple games, weeks, months together as a starter, you'll probably retire a very rich man as a backup, you know, clip holder forever. And maybe he's gotten to that point, which is a lot better than it was a week or two ago when he was a punchline, you know? So I think that that's progress. I didn't watch a ton of this. I want to talk a little bit about how and some other quarterbacks tomorrow, but boy, Washington's defense is pretty bad too. Like start your fantasy dudes against the commanders defense. oh yeah and i mean they traded away their their two yeah. starting edge rushers too at the deadline so that's hard yeah. for a defense to overcome 
Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we have to mention six turnovers. I mean, they lost six. the turnover battle six zero. Yeah, there, I mean, a lot has to happen right now to lose to the New York Giants, and yeah, uh, and they did all of those things. <laughs> they did all those things. Yes. <laughs> they, yeah, they hit the uh, the trifecta there. Uh, offense, defense, special teams, turnovers. Um, let's move on to your Steelers because Ooh. this is um, this is. I mean. For power ranking ugly offenses, the Steelers are right there. Top of the list, yeah. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable. And, you know, they played a really good defense in the Browns. And, you know, Dorian Thomas and Robinson in the, in the Browns offense didn't do a lot in this game. But it was enough. 13 to 10 was the final. The Browns now 7 and 3. Steelers 6 and 4. Uh, you watched this game more intently than than I did, Matt. These, this is the team you cover in the Steelers. Where are we at with, with both of these teams right now in the Browns and Steelers? To be honest, I know Steeler fans don't want to hear this, but this is exactly what we previewed this game to be. I mean, it was a ridiculous low over-under. Yeah. I picked the Steelers to win 16-13 on my Steeler outlets. It basically was similar to that, a lot of field goals. Both offenses basically had the exact same formula as run the ball, don't turn the ball over, a lot of short, quick throws, punt if you have to, who cares, trust your defense. I mean, it was 1950s-type football. But the Browns' offense was certainly more creative. They threw a million different personnel groupings and end-arounds and reverses and nothing to lose and anything they can do to manufacture offense. So they got up with the lead, and Steelers' protection was horrific. Uh, Pickett was horrific. The Steelers' numbers, even – well, the Steelers are running the ball well. The Steelers' passing game is – as bad as there is right now, though. There was the big run from Warren. Is, yeah, is, he looks great. Is it clear? Uh, what I'm hearing from Steelers fans is that it's pretty clear Warren's the better running back over Najee Harris right now. It is. Uh, I mean, Najee has a wear-you-down innings eater you know, value. You know, if, if they were winning this game late in the game, you could close them out with Najee. Not that Warren can't. But not to sound too much like a homer, uh, the more and more homework and like the advanced metrics on Warren – I think he might be like the 10th best running back in the league. Like this guy is not just a fun little story. I mean, he's the second best receiving back in the league right now, I think behind McCaffrey by EPA. And every time he touches a ball, it's big plays. I mean, he's hard to get on the ground. He's an exceptional player, but he was a whole offense. And uh, we both got tagged in, in some of these things and in different stats, because uh, a lot of people coming at you about Kenny Pickett. Matt, especially oh, the folks that are that are Purdy fans because of some things you said before the season started. And uh, I, look, things change, and so opinions change. And oh, yeah. um, but this was uh, this is from the Athletic uh, that we got both tagged in. Wild but true. Giants rookie quarterback Tommy DeVito has more games with multiple passing touchdowns in his career, two than Kenny Pickett, one. Oh, that's rough. I mean, Stroud passed him for career like two weeks ago. And one of them has been <laughs> yeah. in the league a lot longer. I mean, like, this is what I threw out there. In the last four games, Pickett's averaging just over 116 passing yards per game. I mean, that's been a whole month now. One touchdown, 4.8 yards per attempt. I mean, that that's what the passing game is. He has six touchdowns this year. Six. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah. But the, the Steelers have shown an ability to win with their brand of football. Um, it, we'll see how long that keeps up. And yeah. I would kind of put them in the Minnesota Vikings of the AFC category where they're in it, but no one's really scared to go play. No, hundred percent. I mean, I think they, they still mathematically are in pretty good shape. They're the seven seed is it six sits. Now they play Cincinnati next week. I don't, I don't know if they'll be favored or a dog in that one without Burrow, who knows, but 
it's not awful ahead of them. Is that one in Pittsburgh? In Cincy. I still They're think all, the Steelers have to be favored without Burrow, right? I would think. If you win one of the – I pretty much said if you win one of these two Cleveland or Ohio games, you probably should go to the playoffs, amazingly. I mean, they're a tough watch, though. Uh, speaking of a team that's going to the playoffs, the Detroit Lions, they narrowly yeah. get by the Chicago Bears. We got Raiders, Dolphins, and more to finish up this Monday edition post-week 11 episode of Peacock and Williamson next. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. When the two-minute warning hits, that might be your signal to go get DoorDash and order in. Halftime, that's ordering time. Did the game go to timeout? It's time to order with DoorDash. You get the idea, whether it's your uh, super-duper burger favorite here in San Francisco, Primanti's in Pittsburgh, whatever your favorites are, you can find those favorites on game day and get that football watch party spread just correct or retail and grocery as well with DoorDash to cook your own football watch party spread. Whether it's Sunday or Monday night football, order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, whatever you need, even if you just need the buns to complete that meal. DoorDash has it for you and an offer for our listeners. Get up to 50% off a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget, use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Here we go. Looking at the rest of the uh, week 11 schedule. Uh, how about the Detroit Lions? And uh, the Bears were pesky in this football game, but in the end, not enough. Um, a fumble to seal it with the, with a chance for the Bears and Justin Fields to go down and win that thing. They were not able to, and that's just been what the Bears do is they lose a lot of football games the last few years. But, um, you know, more promising having Fields in there. 100 yards rushing. He was making some throws, just a couple of, Beautiful downfield throws. One touchdown pass to to Morris. Uh, one another one narrowly missed deep ball. Uh, it's fun to watch Justin Fields when he's playing pretty well. And, and Goff was not playing great in this game through three mm. interceptions. Uh, yet the Lions still were able to come out of this with a win, which is important for a team that that wants to go win games in January and do some things in the playoffs. You have to win ugly too, and the Lions did here in a divisional matchup. Eight and two now are the Detroit Lions. Thirty one twenty six over the three and six Bears. Yeah, you can't take away positives from both teams all that often, but I am here, and I want to talk fields more tomorrow. They got back to running the ball well. He did make some throws, highly competitive against a superior team that, like you said, didn't bring their A game. They had four turnovers, still won a division game. You'll take it, and the Lions are in good shape. You know, I mean, they're not thrilled with how they played, but they're thrilled with the result, and, you know, the Bears, I want to talk a little bit more about tomorrow, fields' future, things like that too, so – I think both these teams are in not a bad place. The Miami Dolphins handled the Raiders at home 2013. Uh, not a huge amount of takeaways in this one for me. No. Just that, you know, uh, Antonio Pierce has his Raiders playing well. And, and if I'm reading the tea leaves, I really do think he's going to keep that job in Oakland as the head coach, even though the Raiders are now five and six. But, you know, what, two and one since he's taken over? They're playing different. They They just they're in games and they look like a professional football team now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this might be another one where both kind of win. You know, the Raiders hung around with a good team on the road. You know, getting a loss might help them more in the long run than getting a win. Uh, Tyree Kill was banged up a little. 
my man Devin Devon Chan didn't last long, got me one fantasy point and was out again. That's a little concerning. But I almost went crazy trying to trade for him too. You know, uh, the deadline right before that game, knowing he's coming back. Uh and, and kind of glad I did. Dolphins D, though, is something that's perked up my interest. I think this defense is coming along very well. Jalen Phillips, Jalen Ramsey, like they're they're all right on that side of the ball. Kind of reminds yeah. me of Sean Payton figuring out the Broncos. I think um Fangio. Yeah. Fangio's figured out his defense too with his you know new team. Dallas Cowboys did what we expected to the Panthers. We both took the Cowboys laying whatever it was, 12 and a half, 10 and a half, 11 points, uh, 33 to 10. Uh, any takeaways from this one, Matt, within a game where Dak Prescott only threw for 189 yards uh, in a game where you, you know, you dominate your opponent. It was just not a lot necessary for the Cowboys, especially defensively scores on defensive side of the ball to run bland with pick sixes uh, against the worst team in the NFL right now. No, I don't have much to add to it, but I will say the Panthers hung around for a part of it. I mean, it wasn't a blowout from the start, snoozer, you know, but by, you know, into the third quarter, Panthers were hanging around at least with a much better team than they are. So we've been teasing the coach quarterback conversations we're going to have tomorrow. Uh, there's also uh, some mailbag questions that we're going to have to filter in in this short week and in holiday week here, Matt, and some questions about Deron Bland and and, uh, and the thing, special things he's doing right now in place mm -hmm. of Deron Diggs for that Cowboys defense. Uh, man, Houston Texans, six and four. Th this is beyond the, the questions we've asked about some other teams. Are they in it? The Texans are in it with a rookie quarterback, a rebuilding team that is here, Matt. And like, look, this was the uh, the Arizona Cardinals as the opponent, but I, I'm just super impressed what the Houston Texans are doing right now. Yeah. They, they they should not surprise us that they're playing good football anymore. That's what they are. That's what this new Texans team is. 21-16 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they... Sort of like the Lions conversation. I'm not saying they're as far along as an organization as the Lions, but Stroud throws some picks for the first time, really, and they overcome it and, you know, don't play their best on offense or as clean as they could have and still get a big win against a team they should beat. I think there's an art to that. You know, they just lost to the Panthers a couple of weeks ago. But the big picture, they kind of chill out and go, hmm, Bengal Burroughs hurt? Hmm. Chargers are out of this thing. Steelers are starting to lose. You know, can the Bills get back in? We might be a playoff team. And and the Texans traded their own first round pick, man. Now, you know, and that Got was to, like, yeah. and look, I, I will take a huge L saying, man, I don't know. Is Stroud that guy? Uh, you know, Will Anderson, loved Will Anderson coming out of the draft, but it's like, man, you traded your own pick that could have been top five. That's not a top five pick, Matt. Like, they got it right at quarterback. And if you got it right at quarterback, you are gravy. And that pick might not be far off from the Cleveland Browns pick that they own. And with the quarterback play they're getting, it, the Browns might end up with the worst pick potentially than, than the Texans in the 2024 draft. So unbelievable uh, props to everybody involved with what's going on with the Texans this year. It's a great story. Yeah, I, I would be torn. Who do you think's got better chance to go to the AFC playoffs, the Texans or the Browns? I might take the Texans. The, yeah. the Browns only have a one-game lead right now. Yeah, right, right, right. Last one we haven't mentioned here. The Rams hold on to beat the Seattle Seahawks 17-16. Four and six Rams now, six and four Seahawks. The biggest story from this one was Geno Smith got his arm hit and left the game. It looked like potential oh, yeah. elbow injury. Uh, Drew Locke came in, looked bad for the Seahawks. Geno Smith was able to come back into the game, which is huge, especially with the short turnaround against the Niners for uh, first place in the West there for the for the Seattle Seahawks coming up on Thursday. And Geno Smith was able to finish the game. 
They looked like they were protecting him a little bit with the way they were they were running that last drive down the field. They couldn't get closer for a, a field goal. It was a 55-yard field goal attempt by Myers that was not good in the end. So the Seahawks uh, comeback uh, was did not come to fruition. So it was the, the the Los Angeles Rams that defeated the Seahawks. But now you got to monitor that arm for for Geno Smith because that's a bad situation for the Seahawks if if he's going to be uh, not only out but in but not himself. Yeah, and Kenneth Walker didn't finish the game, and Cooper Cup didn't finish the game, and offense was kind of hard to come by in this one. It was a bit of a battle back and forth, pretty even from the start, from what I was seeing, and the Rams came in pretty strong. I mean, at the end, they they finished this thing, and good for them. They they won the game, but but it did come down to a kick at the end and a, a long one. That is week 11. We've got a great Monday nighter coming as well. So we'll cover that one tomorrow. Eagles and Chiefs will talk not only coaches that could be fired, uh, maybe some plans for some future head coaches in the NFL, coach of the year candidates, what's going on with some of the top quarterbacks in the league, and maybe filter in a couple of mailbag questions as well. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.